every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I'm Mike Falkenstein, uh, one of your hosts, here with uh, Ken Watmore. Ken, uh, how are you doing? Doing great this morning. How are you? Yeah, good. You're uh, doing well? Yeah, absolutely. Keeping busy, you know, uh, uh, always busy and life is moving along. Fantastic. And that's you know, great. Expecting a baby soon. So that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, that's uh, every day a, uh, an awakening to think, oh my gosh. We're going to have another baby in oh, right. just a couple months. That's right. So That's great. Well, Ken, I'm really excited about this latest episode of our podcast. It's another interview episode, and we have the good folks at Watermark Church in Dallas, and Todd Wagner is the senior pastor there. I had asked to interview him, and he actually asked if he could have three of his staff members join in the call, which I thought was great. So we've got Todd Wagner, senior pastor, Rick Howard, who's doing what they call external focus, the international side, uh, Jeff Ward, who's internal focus domestically, and then uh, Benson Hines, which uh, he does a lot of the on-the-ground stuff there for the church. And so it's a, it's a great interview. I guess, Ken, for me, the, the, in this first part of the interview, the thing that really caught my my heart and my attention was when Todd Wagner says at the beginning, if your church ceases to exist, you know, who would care? Right. And, you know, for churches out there, I think that's a very good question to ask, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I, I'm very encouraged um, and convicted by this interview. These guys are fantastic. God's really working uh, through them and doing some amazing stuff. And yeah, I think this first part is certainly encouraging. And that quote alone is something to kind of you know, frame around what we're talking about here this morning. Yeah. I mean, it goes to everything we've been talking about with Engage 13. It's talking everything about everyone's uh, fulfillment in the Great Commission. And so we're very happy, folks who are listening, to bring you this interview. It was a fantastic interview, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this latest uh, interview episode. I've got the uh, distinct pleasure of talking to not uh, one staff member at Watermark Church in Dallas, but a number of guys who come together to to talk about our Made for Missions three questions, and the senior pastor of that church in Dallas is with us, Todd Wagner. Todd, I so appreciated uh, your ministry and what you've been able to, I was just telling you, you know, the, the uh, Real Truth Real Quick series that you guys have done on the, the, uh, the, on YouTube has been real helpful, and you know, I've got a, just telling you, I've got a 15-year-old son and some of the materials that you've used uh, to um, even train your own boys, I think, as you've put that in, on the internet, and I've been able to use it with my own son. And so, Todd, thanks for, for being here and gathering these guys. I'm wondering, would you want to just quickly introduce all your 
other staff guys that you have there in on the call? Yeah, I'd love to. And, Mike, thank you for having me on your podcast today. It is a, a pleasure to be with you, and, and, and thank you for the way you have encouraged me. That resource, Real Truth, real quick, that we're trying to put out there, we hope does help folks, and I'm glad that you found it. And then that, that man sheet's been a blessing in my life, and it's been fun for me to share that, obviously, after I try to put together to figure out who God wants me to be with my boys. So mm. it's been great to connect with you. And, yes, yeah, so uh, I, I read a long time ago, you know, that uh, it's good for an ignorant man to read books of quotes. Because, you know, when you say things that other people said that were smart, you sound smart. And uh, I would add to that it's good for ignorant men to surround themselves with really good men. So sitting in a room with me are guys that are in the fight with me and that are men that are just helping us to be on mission. And we'll, I'm sure, talk about that word here in the few minutes ahead. But probably, guys, you'll, you'll get to know even more and probably visit with more in the head. But Rick Howard, who helps us with all our external partners internationally. Benson Hines, who uh, coordinates the whole team over there and make sure that we're using the resource that God's given us here really wisely. And by that, I mean the giftedness of our, our body and our people and, and Benson's uh, integral part of the team and helping us communicate and connect and uh, help people deploy effectively around here. And Jeff Ward leads all our local external focus and mm. make sure that our, our relationship with our partners here in town are prospering and growing so that when people think about who we are as a, a body of Christ followers here in this town, the very first response is, hey, this city would be less than the city that we dream it to be if this group of people weren't in it. You know, I ask people this all the time, I, uh, which is, you know, when I talk to them, I said, hey, if your church no longer existed, who would care? And if the answer is only the people that drive to a certain location for a certain hour on Sunday, then you're probably not the church that God wants you to be. Mm. And so these are the men that, that make the rest of the world that isn't being directly shepherded, discipled, and encouraged here. Uh, Rick and Benson and Jeff are the three guys that are responsible for a whole lot of people saying, we would be very sad if the, the community of faith called Watermark didn't exist in this city and this world. Mm, that's awesome. That's really great. Sounds like you've got a great team of guys, and that's fantastic. So... As I have communicated with you all through email on our podcast, on my podcast, we have three questions that we like to ask all the, uh, the, all the participants. The idea here is that as we, as we ask these three questions of a lot of people, then we'll hopefully get a lot of uh, a very well-rounded response. And so, of course, as I just mentioned, we want to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. So these questions are hopefully ways to be able to help people uh, be able to do that. So in whatever order you guys want to answer or however that works on your side, I'm fine with all of that. So question number one is, given the passages of Scripture that address the Great Commission, do you believe that the Great Commission is a command that Jesus gives to all Christians? Uh, I think without a doubt. Uh, I, can't, I can't even imagine... You know, it's it's really funny. Sometimes people read the Bible like it's uh, an exhortation only to those who are quote unquote in vocational ministry. In fact, I did a real truth real quick on that uh, about you know about how do you know if you're called into vocational ministry? And I talk about the what where that word vocational comes from. And it's just a calling. It's the calling that's on our life. And the truth is, there's not a single person who is a Christian that is not a calling on your life. And so every command that's given in Scripture. It is given to people of God, you know, to be faithful. I mean, obviously there are certain, we, we know that there are um, some that are pastors, some are teachers, and uh, some are evangelists, but heck, Timothy tells all of us to do the work of an evangelist. You know, when Paul's talking about his life and, and what he says kind of, you know, Colossians 1, 28 and 29, mm -hmm. 
when he says, for this purpose I labor, you know, I think he is sharing that as a person who's serious about honoring his Savior, not as a person who is, quote-unquote, this separated man called the Apostle Paul. And certainly when Jesus was talking to his 12, I think it would be a mistake and a real very short-sighted view of Scripture to think that the command of Matthew 28, 19, and 20 was just uh, an idea that Jesus had for the immediate 12 that were around him. So, yeah, I'd say absolutely uh, the Great Commission is a normative command given to all people that are serious about their faith and who would count Jesus as their Savior. Mm. Yeah, that's great. So, Jeff and Rick, I know you guys are doing the the sort of the local missions, if you will, and international at Watermark. I assume part of what you guys are doing then is to help people sort of find, okay, there's a place for you in the Great Commission. It might just be ministering to your neighbors. It might be overseas. It might be, I'm assuming, is that part of what you guys do is try to help people find kind of that place, knowing that the, the Great Commission is a command for all of us? Yeah, sure. I'll jump in. This is Jeff Ward uh, on the External Focus team. And, yeah, we absolutely do that. And, um, you know, uh, what, wherever people are on the spiritual journey, we know that God has, um, even before the foundations of the world, created good deeds for us to do them. And discipling relationships is a key part of all the outreach we do, whether it's international or local. You know, we don't just do resource dumps and, and kind of one-off events, but we really look for opportunities, both to disciple those that we're sending to serve, you know, and uh, checking hearts, motivations, and making sure they understand the big why behind the reason that we serve, and then also just in the folks that we're serving and loving across the city and, and internationally to make sure that we are, again, in relationship and discipling them in the midst of whatever the manifestation is of outreach that we're doing there. Mm. Todd's got a great phrase, says, you're either a mission field or a missionary. And so if you're a believer, then you are a missionary, I think would be what we would look at Scripture and say that's where it calls you to be. And so the question is, where are you going to be deployed on that? And, you know, we we uh, we don't seek just to send people overseas or to send people locally. We want to figure out what's their gift set, what are the, what are the things that, you know, God has um, specifically equipped them with that they can use for the kingdom. Um, and anything we do in terms of serving is in order to get to the, the why behind the what. You know, we don't... We don't do random acts of kindness. We tell people don't give money to a guy on the street. Go take the guy on the street to McDonald's and have lunch with him and have a conversation with him. You know, if somebody wants to go overseas, we usually start the conversation when they come up to us and go, hey, I'd really love to go to Africa or Haiti or some other place that we might be deploying folks. And our first question is always, okay, tell me what, tell me what you know about the neighbors that God's placed around you. So stand on your front porch and tell me about the spiritual mm-hmm. condition of those people that you can see from your front doorstep. Mm. If you don't care about the people God's put right in front of you, if you, you know, to use a Samaritan's analogy, if you're not going to worry about the guy on the street right in front of your house, then it's hard for me to believe God's ready to deploy you to care about some guy living in Africa or Haiti or some other place. Mm. Rick, that's so good because, you know, it, it mirrors some of what I tell folks on, I think on, if you think about kind of this idea of a, a a missionary, it is someone who has the good news and takes it to a place where it's not, right? So it could be your office or, as you mentioned, yeah. your neighborhood or, yeah. And then the other thing I'm, 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 I'm talking about a lot when I'm talking about this is that, you know, you're probably not going to be effective in Peru if you're not, if you're not being effective right where you live, right? There's nothing about a, a plane trip that, <laughs> that magically makes you effective, right? So, yeah. um, I think that's really good. Well, 
this is you know Todd again, Mike. I'll just jump in on this. Because yeah, please. We, we we're really passionate about this. In fact, we we purposely don't let folks use. I mean, we fight for words. Words mean so much, and so we don't call any out of culture experience from Dallas a mission trip, because all it does is reinforce thinking that is in people's mind, which is you know missions is what people do when they go to some exotic location or when they go someplace else other than, than where they are. And so I think even the real truth real quick that you might have caught was, you know, uh, how much does Watermark spend uh, of his budget is a missions budget? How much yes. of the church's budget should be a missions budget? And the answer is 100%. That's Everything right. we do is on mission, which is to make disciples. There's only two people really that are out there in the world, those that don't know Christ and those that Christ has called in a relationship with him that he as plan A, and there is no plan B, intends to use to reach those that don't yet know him. And then when he reaches them, to grow them into a life where they themselves are strong and effective in ministry and worship. And so, you know, I would say that the problem with most churches today is not they don't spend enough investing in missions overseas, it's that they don't spend time being on mission where they are. And, mm. you, know, we, you know, almost what you were just saying, Mike, you know, if you go somewhere else to do what you're not doing every day where you live, when you go somewhere else, you're not on a mission trip. You need to meet a missionary right where you are, because right. if you met a missionary right where you are, he would help you understand who you are in Christ, and who you are in Christ is somebody that doesn't need to go somewhere else as a foreigner in a different land, but somebody who lives right where you are as an alien and a stranger, because you live according to the way and the will of Christ. This world is not our home, and so I'm on mission right here where I am, and so Phrases that we use around here a lot are, hey, look, life is a long-term mission trip, and every week is a short-term mission opportunity. Mm, so, amen. you know, Watermark, we've got 15,000 folks a week that have a short-term mission opportunity right here in Dallas. Now, that's a, that's a whole lot of missionaries that, <laughs> that God's, unleashed, God's unleashed in this city. The problem is, is most people don't think of themselves as missionaries in that way, and that's why you see so little transformation in cities because the church of Jesus Christ isn't doing the job, uh, doing the work of an evangelist and isn't fulfilling their great commission, which is to go, engage, love, care for people, lift up the name of Jesus Christ, serve in his name, and let the Spirit of God go to work in them and through them. Mm, that's great. Now, that brings up a, a real quick question uh, for you guys, because uh, one of the things I've been mentioning to, to churches as I talk is that at the very least, it seems like each member of your church, now we're talking about just churches in general, uh, not Watermark in particular, uh, should at least be able to share your testimony, and the church should offer classes to be able to do that, and then potentially a, you ought to be able to be able to share a, a simple, you know, uh, gospel presentation um, you know, just as as sort of a general course of being a follower of Jesus, is that's uh, are those classes, or do you guys have any classes where you're offering that regularly, just to help people be on mission where they are? Well, if that's a true false question, I'm going to say true. <laughs> and uh, if you want to turn to an essay question, I'll let Benson answer it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Benson. Uh, yeah, we've got several, and I, I would say that's the heartbeat of what we want to train people in. I've seen Todd do it from the stage, take a whole Sunday morning, um, or at least half a one, to walk through, hey, do you know how to share your testimony? But the way that happens kind of day in and day out 
is that that'll come up in something in, in kind of our basic church education or equipping classes called Equipped Disciple okay. that we do on a regular basis. There's also sort of an elective class that pops up um, once every couple of years or whatever called Find Your Mission, and it is all hmm. about uh, not what people might expect going in, just exposing them to a bunch of opportunities, but it's more along the lines of some of the stuff Rick and Jeff and Todd have already talked about, learning your spiritual gifts, learning uh, or how your personality or your passions might connect with service opportunities, and then specifically learning to share your testimony. And like a lot of people around here, we talk in terms of, hey, you need to be able to do a 30-second kind of elevator pitch testimony. Mm. You need to be able to do it in about three minutes and really solidly share um, what you can to intrigue and to get them asking more questions. And then you need a 30-minute version. And those, all three of those really pop up all over here in daily practice, whether it's somebody sharing from the stage at our recovery ministry or somebody sharing at baptism day. Um, we have everybody share their testimony. And so it's it's not just taught from the stage, but it's kind of in the water, so to speak, too. That's yeah, and I'll, and I'll, I'll come behind him on that, Mike, and just sure. share with you. So what we've got is six core classes at Watermark specifically. And so these are classes that are always running uh, concurrently. In fact, we just uh, added on to our campus space here so we could run more of these classes more of the time. And so we call them core classes because we want every single member of Watermark to have these tools in their bag, you know, Benson talked about just a basic discipleship track, which thanks to our friends at Navigators, you know, we, that, that equipped disciple is what we've used for years around here. Mm-hmm. And, and so thousands of folks have been through that probably by this time that in the midst of that, they do learn uh, in, in the context of, of, of that class, how to share their faith. Wow. Ken, this uh, interview is uh, going well. I have to say, and of course, you know, we have a lot of interview episodes and they're all unique in their own way, but, you know, this has to be one of the top interview episodes, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, um, I think that probably part of it is just that these guys are, I mean, this is, this is serious. Yeah. This is not. I mean, they're on mission, right? Yeah, that's they're, right. They're, yeah. they're definitely on mission and we, sh- we all should be. And I think that that's probably, like I said in the beginning, it's a convicting episode just because you look at these guys and these guys are, they are passionate and definitely uh, on point to accomplish a goal. That's right. I mean, the Great Commission is serious to them yeah. and they've directed their whole church, their whole ministry towards, hey, this is what we're about and this is what we're going to accomplish, right? So very good, very good episode. Let's take a break. Have our friend Tom Muller say a few words. So uh, we're going to have him come on, and then uh, we'll just continue with the uh, with the interview. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Tom Muller again. I'm often stricken by the passion of the missionaries of the 1800s. They had a clear understanding of the Great Commission command and their responsibility to obey. Listen to a couple of these quotes from these missionary heroes. Hudson Taylor, the first Western missionary to go into the inland provinces of China. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Or how about Henry Martin, missionary to India and Persia? The Spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we become. It is the same spirit that Mike Falkenstein and the Made for Missions team brings to their calling to mobilize Christians toward the Great Commission. For those who want to join Mike and the team with that same zeal, I would encourage you to visit MikeFalkenstein.com 
and peruse the website and join Mike and his team in mobilizing Christians toward the Great Commission. The core classes that we have here just basically um, key to effective Bible study, which is just a simple how to read, interpret, apply the Bible. Um, know what you believe and why, which is just understanding the essentials of Christianity and how they shape your day-to-day worldview. There's an apologetics class and just you know how to answer the tough ones, just uh, how you can confidently answer you know the commonly asked questions of the Christian faith. There's one just on the life of Christ, which is just, hey, you need to know Jesus. If we're going to be conformed to his image, you got to be expert on the mission and message of Jesus Christ. And then there's one called Cover to Cover, which is where you just understand the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation mm. and have a basic understanding of the narrative of the Scripture, the meta-narrative. And then the sixth one is uh, just a class specifically designed for the purpose of, uh, of what you asked, which is to how to engage your world with the life-changing, life-changing message of Jesus. And, and it's just personal evangelism and basic follow-up of a new believer, how you do that. And so these are six things that we think every single person who's serious about their faith ought to have a, a working, I mean, at least a working understanding of the Scripture. They ought to be able to clearly articulate who the person of Jesus is. They ought to know how to study the Bible and open up for their own edification and growth. They ought to know what it is they believe and why, how to answer difficult questions uh, about the faith, and they ought to be able to share their faith and and disciple and nurture and bring on a young believer. And then the class that Benson was specifically talking about is every now and then we do what's perspective or just we call it find your mission, which is really helping people discover, develop, and deploy their unique giftedness for kingdom purposes. That's Well, that's great. I, there's a lot I could say about that, but I won't other than to say, you know, one of the reasons I got into this mobilizing Christians towards the Great Commission is how few churches are doing uh, the very thing that you guys are mentioning. So I'm very thankful that you guys are are, are doing it and uh, training your folks. And, yeah, I'm thankful for what you guys are doing. So uh, I'm going to tell you one more thing, Mike, just to encourage you. we let Jeff sure. talk to you about this thing we have here called Unashamed, which has been one of the absolute most uh, – it was one of the best things we've implemented here over the last few years. Before you can go and do a, quote-unquote, serve the Lord out of the context of our local community, we, we, we make sure you have an experience in our town where you are, are deployed in a way that you might not normally be in terms of a, a focused time throughout the day. It's called Unashamed. Jeff, tell them about Unashamed. Yeah, real briefly, it grew out of an interesting story of a group of young adults that went overseas you know, to carry out the Great Commission, and they got frustrated because of the cultural barriers, the language Mm. barriers, you know, some things along those lines. And when they got back to Dallas, they said, hey, we we live in a culture that we know with around people that speak the same language as us. How are we doing at just reaching the folks right here in our city? And so out of that was birthed this unashamed, which our young adults started doing and which we've now scaled and done churchwide and really just enable people to take a weekend a month, and now uh, community groups and families can do it together and really just spend a weekend serving, praying, uh, you know, e- evangelizing, sharing their testimony, sharing their faith, and interacting with people right here in our city. And it's been really phenomenal as sort of the lab component to the classes that you've heard about. Wow, that sounds fantastic. That sounds great. Well, uh, let me go on to uh, question number two. We've had a great conversation. And uh, the f- second question is similar to the first, it kind of is a continuation. It goes on, uh, furthermore, what is the follower of Jesus' responsibility 
in, and I think we may have uh, answered some of this, but what is the follower of Jesus' responsibility in knowing about the Great Commission and his or her responsibility to obey it, uh, especially given passages like John fourteen fifteen, where Jesus says, if you love me, you, follow, you, will, you will follow my command. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I think you're right. We have danced all around this. Let me say this. I think it's the job of people that lead someone to faith to help that young believer understand right away that that is why they were saved. There's a reason when people come to know Christ, we don't baptize them and hold them under and send them right on to glory. Okay? And it's because God's got a mind to use them here. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I love, here's a great story that, um, you know, I, you know, sometimes people feel like they've got to have this dossier of, uh, of formal education and training and equipping before they can go out and really be useful. And what I would just say is, man, the Scripture says, let your light shine before men. There is no question, the longer you know Christ, your light ought to shine more and more. But I ask folks, hey, listen, let's just say you're a, 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 a candle. How long, once a candle is lit, does it take before it starts giving off light? And the answer is, well, it starts to give off light as soon as it's lit. Yeah, right. And so what I would tell you is, if you're not giving off any light, the problem isn't that your candle's not big enough. The problem is you're not lit. Now, as you as you grow in your faith, all right. If you want to use this, the wick ought to get bigger, and the and the amount of light that you give off ought to increase. But hey, at the very beginning, I mean, look at look at the blind man in John nine. I don't think he read any books, and uh, between the time that he got his eyes back and uh, was busy saying, "Look, all I know is I was blind and now I see." Okay, and then you know, pointing people to who this Jesus was. So I would tell you that it is absolutely core to who you are. It is part of why you are here. I mean, you know, you would make a case that's why Jesus, when you're saved, doesn't immediately take us to be with him in glory. He tells us, you are my plan A, and there is no plan B. And so you ought to do it immediately, and you ought to do it more effectively with every passing day. Mm, That's great. Well, that leads us to a good segue to our question number three in our Made for Missions three questions Three, and this may be something you all would want to chime in on, but the third question is, finally, for the average, quote-unquote, Jane or Joe Christian, what are the top ways you would suggest him or her to see Great Commission fulfillment in their lives? Well, uh, I'll start. This is Todd, and uh, while these guys uh, think about what they want to say, I mean, the first place that will show up is in your home. You know, the Scripture says that... um, that if a man doesn't provide for his own household, he's worse than a non-believer. And I don't think that's just talking about physical provision. Uh, when you talk talk about how you identify leaders in the church, you look at the way they lead their own household. And and so it just starts with leading yourself, you know, and making sure that you're serious about your own relationship with Christ, that you're devoted daily to his word. And then the overflow of that, okay, as, mm-hmm. as a result of your your abiding kindness with Christ, as your cup runs over, Right, which is what a good shepherd will do for you. He'll let that happen. You you share your life uh, with Jesus and uh, your relationship with the Spirit with other people and, and the way you interact with that life. So it ought to start first and foremost and primarily in the way they disciple their children and aim their arrows, if you will, as a warrior. You know, the Scripture says, like, arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one youth. That means you're responsible for them. It means you ought to aim them correctly and uh, launch them strategically. And so... And then, I, you know, I think we're all different. Everybody does have different gifts. And so not everybody is going to have large group communication gifts. But mm-hmm. every, every gift that you have, whatever gift you have, and everyone has received a gift, says in 1 Peter 4.10. And you ought to use that gift, employ that gift as a good steward of the manifold grace of God. 
So the way Mike, you're going to use your life and Rick and Benson and Jeff is going to be different than me, but every single one of us ought to live in such a way that it builds up the body of Christ, that it that we are shining stars in the midst of a dark and perverse generation, Philippians 2, and and be people that are about our king's work and uh, and that we're ready for him to return. Our lamps are lit, and we are busily about what he wants us to be. That is normal. One of the things we say around here all the time is it is normal. Full devotion is normal for a believer. What's not normal is to sit and soak or to say, I send other people uh, or write checks to a mission agency when you're not a missionary yourself. That is abnormal. And uh, what we say to folks, in fact, who just come to church and sit and take notes, is you're not a regular attender. You're an irregular believer. <laughs> and so it's time to get in the game. And, and, and a fully devoted follower of Christ is what is normal expectation. And sadly, too many guys in my position, in our position, are just happy with people who come and, uh, and, and fill up seats in some room so that they, they feel good about what they're doing. I don't ever feel good when people come and just sit in a room. I feel great when people respond to the Spirit and are deployed and effectively out there growing in their relationship with Christ and making disciples. Wow, that's yeah, great. Really, practical thing I would say is, you know, people tend to be um, kind of in buckets, and so they, they look at evangelism and go, hey, there's, you know, I'm going to, evangelism is me going out and just sharing, cold calling people on the street like I would do if I was in Haiti or someplace like that. And so that's one kind of bucket. The second bucket is how you is serving people, and a third bucket would be how you just look different than the culture. And so, I, you know, practically speaking, you know, those are three ways you can get to the gospel. So you, sometimes it's just, you know, starting a conversation with a waitress in a restaurant that leads to a to something about faith and an invitation to church, that sort of thing. The second time is just how you how do you serve people. So when you if you go into it with the idea that hey, I'm just serving because that's what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not looking to get to the why behind the what then that's a miss of an opportunity to follow the Great Commission. And then the third way is this idea of just being countercultural. So as you see, like we are, we may lock down on the idea of how what does biblical conflict resolution look like better than, more than any issue we have around here. That is when we just, we will die on that hill of Matthew 18, what is it like to love people in the midst of conflict. Right. And when you do that in a way that looks different than the culture, when you don't just let people gossip about what's going on, on the baseball team or when somebody says something or when there's a, you know, your kids are having a struggle with a friend and say, hey, we're going to go back and we're going to do this. Eventually people will start to ask the question, why is it that you think, why, why do you think this way? What's the source of this um, lifestyle that you've chosen? Or when you're serving people in a way that just seems counterculture, you're not just writing a check to the Red Cross, but you actually physically go somewhere in a way that removes you from your comfort and whether that's in Garland, Texas, because there was a tornado or Haiti because there was an earthquake. That's half. That's only half of the opportunity. The other half is to go. Okay, well, why, someone getting to the question of why you're there and making sure you direct the conversation to the why, not just wait for it to happen. That's great. Yeah, Mike. This is Jeff. I'll chime in too. You know, Please. I think one of the things that, that drew me here was the way the Great Commission was um, executed in the sense of how they were calling the lay, you know, the lay people like me, right? You know, Home Depot had a slogan a number of years ago, and it was. Um, you can do it. We can help. Mm-hmm. And I think for for so long the church's call has been, "Hey, we'll do it, right? You give to us, and we'll do it." And uh, and so in, in that way, you know, we, we're we're all in on Ephesians four eleven and twelve, which says, "Equip the saints for the work of ministry." And so we do all we can to break down the barrier between the professional 
clergy, voca- you know, those that are called the vocational ministry, we are all pastors. You're pastors. And so breaking down that barrier between Sunday and the rest of your week and going, hey, how are you going to pastor and shepherd the folks that God's brought into your path this week? And, you know, being a guy who works internationally, one of the things this has led us, is, as Todd said, you know, you draw the circle around yourself first, you know, but then those concentric circles. We did a little blog post on the external focus team about how walking your dog might be the most missional thing that you can do this week. Is <laughs> as you expand those circles and you, you are missional in your neighborhood, then you're missional in your city, you're missional, you know, internationally. But also, too, what we've seen is here in this metroplex is just that the ends of the earth are here. You know, and so while right. we continue to send teams, we continue to go. And you know, the Great Commission in Mark 16 is phrased is to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel of the whole creation. And so we do that as a body of Christ, but we also recognize that more and more, upwards of almost 60 to 70 percent of those moving into our city are foreign-born. And so how can wow. we carry out the Great Great Commission right here amongst the people groups that God's brought to our city? And so this is something we're continuing to work on. That's great, and that's something great. I mean, the world's coming to us, isn't it? Well, why don't you guys give us, give the listeners some way they can learn more about uh, Watermark, the websites. I know, Todd, even the Real Truth Real Quick, I think, has a separate maybe web address, uh, whatever whatever contact places you guys want to give out, uh, Twitter, whatever. Uh, I'd love to have uh, our listeners learn more about what you guys are doing in Dallas. Awesome. So, yeah, so watermark.org is the website, but realtruthrealquick.com, uh, and both Watermark and Real Truth Real Quick have apps. They can go to the App Store and download them for free. Mm. And, and, and then uh, so they can access those. They can subscribe to iTunes, uh, Real Truth Real Quick, and, and get that pushed to them every week. Or, you know, we've got, you know, just we've talked about uh, a lot of these topics different times on Sunday mornings at Watermark. If you're a pastor and want to see how we've handled this, in different sermon series we've done, there's uh, been a, a series that we did on Sunday morning uh, that we talked about missions, and I think it's called Missions with a Capital M. It's a while back. It's before we were in our new facility, so it's not on video. It's just on audio, but it's a okay. two-week series because we really reclaim that word missions. And the reason we say it with a capital M is the same reason that we, you know, we don't really call uh, the room that we gather in a worship uh, center because that room is not the worship center. Our lives are the worship center. So we reclaim that word and tell people, you know, uh, that what we do in our lives every week, in fact, we end our gatherings with him and have a great week of worship. So realtruthrealquick.com, uh, the Watermark app, the Real Truth Real Quick app, some of the messages uh, series on Sunday morning. I'm just sitting here scrambling what we, uh, uh, yeah, one of the guys who teaches along with me here, Jonathan McCluder, did a great uh, series called Head, Heart, and Hands, uh, where we just talk about how those three things work together to help us be faithful in the Great Commission. And the one where Benson was talking about, where I just walked our body through how to uh, share your faith, where I did, I just spent Sunday morning. And I said, hey, I'm going to, today, in the midst of the series, I'm going to teach you how you can share your faith with people. And, and um, you know, we just got actually a napkin out and, um, oh. <laughs> and just... Went busy and just said, like, okay, let's just say you're sitting there at Starbucks and, um, and had a chance just to encourage uh, somebody. This is, this is how you do it. There's a series called Compelled that if you just go to our, okay. our website and uh, hit that up, we're just you know, compelled to converse. And we just talk in there about how to share your faith. 
And then, um, you know, we actually also, way back when, in the earliest days uh, of Watermark, have a series that was uh, called the five C's, which were just five things that we wanted uh, people in our body to be uh, a part of. And uh, we did, uh, in the midst of that, on the last one, it was all about, um, you know, folks coming to know Christ and sharing your faith. And so there's five weeks on there that we explain to people about how to participate with God in the conversion process. It's not our job to convert, but it's our job to encourage and communicate to people. So mm-hmm. that, that message is from way back when, you know, uh, probably 10, 15 years ago almost, which right okay. when we started. But there's five great weeks there. So there's more resources than probably people care to even go look at. Okay, uh, great. One other, one other thing that people might find useful is just the Watermark blog in general. Um, it's at watermark.org slash blog. I know our team, the external focus team, does a weekly blog that in some way or another equips or exhorts or inspires our body about living out the Great Commission either locally or internationally. And uh, we enjoy doing that, and, and that may be a resource too. Okay. Well, Mike, thanks for that. Thanks for that. Mike, let us encourage you with what you're doing, man. You're a great example of what people need to do, which is uh, not sit around and wait till CBN says, hey, would you do an hour show a week on missions? But right where you are, using the resources and technology before you, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're saying, I'm going to push out what I can, and I want to encourage your listeners that are hung in with us. You know, hopefully they're on a good long run. The fact that they would take, you know, 40 minutes and just listen to this conversation says that they're doing a little bit of what they can where they are. They're trying to be equipped. They're trying to hear other people think about this to be built and um, built into and and uh, you know, grown in their in their devotion to Christ. So, way to go to Mike's listeners, and way to go, Mike, for modeling for them about doing something. Here's what I would tell people: start simply, and simply start. Do something. Don't wait until you can, uh, you know, go change a continent, man. Just change your countenance right where you are, and love mm. the people that are around you. So, my Twitter is at Words from Wags. If folks want to follow that, all that information is out there. But, man, Mike, thank you for encouraging us today by your own personal example. Well, thanks for that. I appreciate you guys and the abundance of time that you've given today. And, uh, yeah, I'll look forward to reconnect. Bless you, Mike. Well, Ken, what a great uh, interview episode that we've had. I guess my final thoughts on this would just be for churches out there that are looking for ways to fulfill the Great Commission in their own ministries. I mean, you could really take what Watermark Church is doing and just duplicate it, couldn't you? Yeah, no question about it. I think that was really good. I mean, we we talk about the three questions, you know, always, mm-hmm. but in addition to that in this episode we hear yeah. about these, you know, six kind of strategically uh yeah, these core classes. Put together classes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that people can uh learn how to handle sharing the gospel, right? Uh to be mobilized um and even confront, you know, their own maybe inhibitions about where they're at, right? I think yeah. it's a that's right. Yeah, I think it's a great example for any church. Yeah, I do too. I guess my, my main takeaway from this is Pastor Todd mentioned something that I've talked about before, which is, you know, a lot of times churches kind of make a deal with their congregation, right? Mm. You give us money, we'll do some stuff on Sunday mornings, and we'll kind of call it good. We'll say that God's doing everything that uh, right. you know, we're doing everything that God wants us to do. And clearly, as we read scripture, that's not the case. And these guys at Watermark Church are giving us kind of a blueprint on how we make sure that doesn't happen and how we make sure that as churches we're fulfilling the Great Commission. So it's great. Yeah, it sure is. And I think that you and I have talked about in the past too where you know I've heard 
different maybe support strategies, right? To tell people if you're, yeah, that's great. If you're going to write a check, that's fantastic, right? I mean, we, yes. we utilize that for many different things, um, but you got to come with the check. <laughs> that's you know, right. Yeah, you're coming with it. So yeah, hand, you can't just write a check and call it, it good. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you also, as a check writer, have a a responsibility to fulfill the Great Commission also. So, That's right. Well, thanks again to Todd Wagner and his team. So thankful that they were willing to do it and did it very willingly. And, uh, you know, they're just good guys. And I'm very thankful for the opportunity. I want to thank all of you as well uh, who are listening. We'd love to hear from you. I'm at uh, Missions Mike on Twitter. Of course, my website, MikeFalkenstein.com. Ken is at Ken Watmore on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us again, and we'll look forward to having you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.